SEN America. This is the SEN MLB podcast. And g'day everybody and welcome to SEN Baseball. We are, of course, the best time of year with the World Series underway. We're two games in, tied at one apiece. Before we get to any more action of what's hap- about to happen, Xavier Play, welcome to the show. Thank you, Freddie. Great to be here as always. Great, mate. Cleveland v Chicago Cubs. As, as it turned out, the two best teams in baseball have got to this particular point. You've watched the first two games. I know you're a fan. You can't get away. Can't leave the TV screen. You've got to have, uh, what was it the other night? It was tacos, I believe. Yeah, had, it was some, t- had, had some tacos. <laughs> and... Tacos, couldn't get away. Favourite part so far. Only two games in, tied at one apiece. Favourite part so far. The return of Kyle Schwarber. It was some sort of miracle type thing. That's incredible. We'll get to that in more detail as we go along. We're going to go to our SEN America uh, reporter over in the US for the World Series, Alex, Alex Cohen. We'll get to him after a short break. But look, we'll just bring people up to speed with where we're at right now. We've got some highlights of the first two games. Have a listen to this. Lindor takes off the pitches, bobbled and dropped. By Ross on the transfer, and Lindor has the steal, his second this October. Indians have loaded them up with two down in this scoreless first inning. Swung on a dribbler, slowly hit down the third baseline. It's going to be an RBI single. A swinging bunt single down the third baseline. Chris Bryant had no play when he picked it up. And Jose Ramirez has put the tribe on top one to nothing. It's all started with a two-out hit by Lindor up the middle. Stolen base, couple of walks, infield hit. 0-2 pitch. That will force home another 2-0 Indians. Brandon Geyer was hit 31 times. Led the league during the regular season, so no stranger to a bruise for an RBI. Two number one starters going at it tonight. World Series history. To strike out eight through three innings. Number 28 is on. And he left, but Lester won't throw over. It's just crazy. He won't throw to first. There goes The Indians are not going to ask this be reviewed and maybe the edge of the glove. Right there, the strings on the glove, whatever it is. So here's Schwarber. A couple of games in the Arizona Fall League. Struck out his first time up. Strong left-handed batter to pitch to him. Is swung on, and there's a high fly ball to deep right. Going back, Chisenhall at the wall. Looks up, he'll play it off the wall. On his way to second is Schwarber, and he's in with a stand-up double. So Schwarber with a double in his second plate appearance since early April. Roberto Perez will step in. Here's the 0-1. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball, deep left field. Does it have enough? That ball is gone! Home run, Perez! A screaming line drive off the bat of Roberto Perez, and it hit the railing just above the yellow line, and the Indians are in front 3-0. And Perez has his second postseason home run. Opportunity is knocking for the Cubs. Cleveland has put up 15 consecutive scoreless innings dating back to the Toronto ALCS. This ball is caught 
everybody stays put. Oh, that looked like it was going to drop. The 0-2. Struck him out to the Doubled off the wall in the fourth. Walked against Andrew Miller in the seventh. Miller wins the battle. Trying to keep it within reach. Three nothing. Bottom of the eighth. Swung on and blasted. Deep left field. Away back. Gone. Wow, what a game for Perez. Roberto Perez. In his first World Series game, two home runs, four RBIs, and a mob scene in the third base dugout. The 2-2, line drive down the right field line, deep in the corner. That's a fair ball up against the wall in one hop. It's going to be a double for Rizzo. Bryant's going to score. The throw goes to second. Bryant scores. Double for Rizzo. Cubs lead 1-0. Cubs are on the board for the first time in the World Series. Boy, oh boy. Can Jose Ramirez deliver and quickly steal the momentum away from the Cubs? 3-1 pitch. Two on, two out. In the air to center. Back is Fowler near the track and now on it to end the inning. Two on, two out. Would Joe let him go on 3-0? I would. He does, and a base hit. Here comes Rizzo. No throw to the plate. Schwarber's delivered 2-0. He's back. Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer and Jason McLeod in the stands, and boy, were they thrilled on that base hit by Schwarber. He's now been to the postseason with three different clubs, so this is nothing new for him. Pitch. Line to right, fair ball into the corner. Rizzo around second on his way to third. A little slip by Chisenhall. Rizzo will be sent to the plate. The throw is late. Zobrist head first sliding into third. RBI triple for Ben Zobrist, the hottest hitter on either team. Brian Shaw, runner at third, one out. Schwarber with another base hit. Here comes Zobrist. Cubs lead 4 nothing. Kyle Schwarber has knocked in two tonight. Cleveland had a former Cy Young Award winner go in game one. The Cubs have their former Cy Young Award winner, the reigning Cy Young Award winner in game two. And strikes out. That's number six for Jake Arrieta. Arrieta gets the sign. Contreras sets up toward the outside, and the pitch is hit in the air to left. It's deep. Zobra's back on the dirt. He's got it. Through five, Arrieta dealing. He has not allowed a hit. There's a 1-1. That's a base hit, first of the night for the Indians. Kipnis around first, he'll go for two. The throw by Hayward to second base, the throw offline. And the first hit against Jake Arrieta in tonight's game. Arrieta didn't allow a hit through five and a third, is knocked out in the sixth. Theo and Jed and Aroldis and Joe. Trying to send this series 1-1 back to Wrigley on Friday night. Now you can really hear the Cub fans. And the 2-2. Swinging a bouncer to short. Glove by Addison Russell, and he throws him out, and the Cubs win. The Cubs win a World Series ball game for the first time since 1945. They have evened up this World Series at one victory apiece. Amazing stuff we've seen so far just in the two games of 
the World Series, Cubs versus innings, tied at one apiece. Uh, you did mention there off the top, you really like the Kyle Schwarber story. Interesting that he did actually get injured back in uh, the start of the season. I think it was might have been the first week of the season and has been out with a knee. I think he had knee and ankle surgery in that time and has come back his first competitive at-bat for the season, effectively, is in the World Series and nearly hits a home run. Absolutely amazing. I know that he was spending some time in the Arizona Fall League, took a lot of cuts there. Some reports saying he took up to 2,000 cuts in the week prior. Yeah, it was, wasn't even a week. It was I, I was told it was about three days leading into it, and I, I did find it interesting that Joe Madden really didn't have a lot of input into getting him onto the roster. It was all Theo Epstein who decided to send the private plane to Arizona to pick up Schwarber, get him to this World Series, and he uh, first at bat straight off the, you know, crushed that ball. Um, and he's right in this World Series, absolutely. Absolutely is. And credit to Epstein, he's always had the knack of finding unique ways to get players across the line. I read something a few weeks ago that when the Cubs were chasing John Lester, they sent him a video clip which was from a video game with the Cubs winning the World Series. And yeah. after that was Theo Epstein's voice saying, how would you like to be a part of this? Yeah, we, I mean, it, like, it really is. It, there's a fairy tale coming out of here somewhere. Either team, it's going to be a fairy tale, I think, for the management side. I think Terry Francona broke an MLB record of nine straight World Series victories, of course, defeated the St. Louis Cardinals back in 2004 and the Colorado Rockies in 07 swept both of them and then won the first game of this World Series here. Phenomenal performance. And there is all sorts of stories going on through this World Series. As I've mentioned, we're only two games in and another one to happen later on today. But look, we're going to go to a short break now, but that was just a little entree to what we're about to uh, get involved with. SEN America's Alex Cohen will be on the line straight after the break. Stay tuned. You're on SEN Baseball. Baseball is the largest spectator sport in the world. In 2015 alone, over 73 million people attended professional games in the United States, with 65 million people playing in over 100 countries around the world. Baseball is the world's second largest participation sport. Baseball is truly a game that everyone can enjoy. It's free to try and cheap to play, but most importantly, it's fun for all. From t-ball and little league to seniors and masters, for the young and the young at heart, Baseball is the perfect game for boys and girls and mums and dads too. With over 105 local clubs in Victoria, get started by going to www.baseballvictoria.com.au to see how you can get involved today. And welcome back to SEN Baseball. Joining us now on the line, part of our SEN America team, Alex Cohen has following the World Series for us. Alex, see you there, mate. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Yeah, going terrific, mate. Look, we're two games in now. Game apiece, Cleveland versus Chicago. I'll take you back to game one. It really looked to be Corey Kluber and the catcher Perez. That battery was fantastic, but especially Corey Kluber on the mound for Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, it was the uh, Corey Kluber when he won the AL Cy Young Award, and, and we talked about it the last couple times that that you had me on, and I can't believe it took that for people to recognize how good of a pitcher uh, Corey Kluber has been over the last three years, and some of the strikeout numbers that he's been able to put up are are historic. I mean, they're they're Hall of Fame worthy, and he's done it over a short period of time. But then on the biggest uh, scale, you, know, you go game one of the World Series, and he just completely and utterly 
dominates the Chicago Cubs. And, well, then you can look at game two and uh, can't believe, you know, if people were surprised to see what another Cy Young award-winning pitcher in Jake Arrieta was able to do to the Indians. Basically, it's, yeah, pitching wins championships. And that showed with game one with Kluber and game two with, with Jake Arrieta. So both phenomenal uh, efforts by each pitcher. Um, I will take you back a couple of weeks ago, and this is my ignorance showing here. You mentioned Francisco Lindor as being one of the best shortstops in the game a couple of weeks ago. And since you mentioned that, I've sort of been keeping an eye. He really does bring a spark to the top of the lineup for Cleveland. Uh, went three for four in game one, stole a bag and, and was close to st- stealing a second. I think everybody in the country got a free burrito out of that stolen bag, one of the promotions that was going on over there. But he he really seems to be a trigger in the top of the lineup for Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the best young shortstops in all of baseball in a golden age for shortstops. I mean, if you look at the shortstops in baseball right now, two of the best in the World Series with Francisco Lindor and Addison Russell. And then you go down the line, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, Corey Seager, uh, Manny Machado wants the Orioles switching back. I mean, it really is a golden age of shortstops. It's the best since it's been since uh, A-Rod and Omar garcia Parra. But, yeah, this might be even better. And Lindor's at the forefront of that list. Uh, he's a hitter. He hits the contact and uh, gets on base well. He runs the bases well. And he's a gold glove caliber shortstop. And that's really all that you can ask for with Lindor, but he's the catalyst of the lineup. And you look at the Cubs, and they have plenty of catalysts, too. You look what Russell was able to do with two home runs in the NLCS. Uh, then you have Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo. So it's a youth movement for both teams, and Lindor's been at the forefront of that for the Indians. One of the youth movement for the Cubs is Kyle Schwarber, who has come back after what many thought was going to be a season-ending in- season injury. How have you seen that story unfold? Uh, Kyle Schwarber, it's the pride and joy of Foster Jenkins and dormitory at Indiana University. So, yeah, Kyle and I went to college together. He was a few years younger than I was. And I remember broadcasting an Indiana University baseball game and uh, and seeing Schwarber, and it was just uh, it, it was just phenomenal. Uh, yeah, him, yeah, his batting practice and just being able to do that. So, yeah, the Schwarber story, it's more than warranted, and he's been able to. Uh, to come back, and it was it was tremendous. I actually, I, I have to run. No problems, Alex. Thanks very much for your time today. Appreciate, of course, the satellite uh, doesn't last too long around here at SEN, but thanks to Alex Cohen, part of the SEN America team, for his reports. He's helped us out over the last couple of weeks, and hopefully we'll get one at the end of all of this World Series. Interesting, the went to college with Kyle Schwarber, that's uh, that's one out of the box. It is indeed. Did not know that. Didn't even know that they went to the same university, let alone at the same time. Yeah, same time. But uh, Kyle Schwarber has really done something. Of course, the background on all of that um, was the knee injury that he he suffered back in for about the first week of the season. Yeah, I think, I think it, it was. With, think it was within the first ten days of the season. It looked like he wouldn't play again. Obviously. Nobody at that point could project that the Cubs were going to go on, have the best record in baseball, and make the World Series. Obviously, once that became apparent, it becomes a bit of a rush job to go, oh, can we get him right? Yeah. Can we get him out to Arizona to get some cuts? Can Theo get his private plane out there to get him back in time? Can we oh, get that's, him on the roster? So on part, so forth. The easy part, the private plane, yeah. But he, he's just one of those stories that, to come out of the World Series. As I say, there's uh, just two games in now, tied at one apiece with a game later on today. One of the... Other points that I find quite interesting, at a rough guess, 
X off the top of your head, what's John Lester getting paid? I would say probably about twenty to twenty-five million Australian a year. Twenty to twenty-five million Australian a year. Now he can throw sixty feet six and hit a beer can. Yes. Over that distance. You throw make him throw fifty feet from the pitcher's mound over to first base, you can't do it. To hit a person, not a beer can, a person. But even if you put your arms out, we're talking about a 15-foot radius. Absolutely we are. So he can hit a beer can down at the home plate, a soft drink can, we'll say, a soda okay. a yep. soda can for our international listeners. Yep. But he can't pick off to first base. What? I, I, I shouldn't ask you this question because you've never tried to pick off to first. That is the strangest thing I've ever heard. It just doesn't make sense. He can throw the ball at 98 miles an hour, hit the spot, but can't, or mentally there's something there where he won't now throw to first. We saw that in his start the other night. Runner on first has a good lead. Lester looks at him. Runner stumbles. It was Lindor. It was, actually. It was Lindor, and he, he steals on the next. And he didn't just stumble. He stumbled halfway down the line, and Lester stood there just showing him the ball kind of threatening to maybe throw over there and still refused to do it. But I don't think he was threatening because I don't think anyone thought he was going to throw. It's it's only threatening if he's actually going to throw, and there was no indication that he was. His body movement didn't change. He didn't look like he was shaping to do it. He just looked disinterested. You're right. I I don't know if it's disinterested or scared. He's scared to throw. The Yips is scared to throw over in that area. And the commentator even made mention of... Terry Francona's history in baseball and having known John Lester over the journey, and he knows he's got the yips over at first base. So he's, in a way, encouraging his players to maybe dance a little bit out on the bag and, or in this case with Lindor, just go and steal a bag because yep. this guy will not pick you off. No. He's scared to do that. Get a big lead and go. And that's where Francona's experience as a manager comes in. He sets a World Series record. He wins his first nine games as a World Series nine manager. Straight, yeah. Finally cops a loss. But I think that it's those little things that are going to really help the Indians be in with a shot as the series progresses and we get deeper and deeper in. Yeah, absolutely. And what it does do, there's so many psychological things that go along with it. I mean, there's a chance John Lester may turn around and come up later on in the series, if it gets to that point, yep. the Indians are in his head. And what it does do in a, in a funny way, you know, it's added pressure to the catcher because he knows he can't pick anybody off. So he knows that their only chance is that he has to try and throw them out at second. So in a, in a domino effect kind of way, the fact that Leicester has the yips on picking off to first base adds more pressure to the rest of the lineup, as in the catcher, as in first base. The guy that's out in the middle infield has to be a quick tag. It's just only one percenters here and there, but it's added pressure onto his own team. It is, and we're potentially looking at Leicester starting a game six if required, which would be in Cleveland, so the atmosphere at progressive field would just be something else. We're looking at a game where the Indians could be uh, looking to seal the World Series title for the first time since 1948, or where they could be looking to starve off the Cubs winning. It would be electric. That's only going to put more pressure on Leicester. Absolutely. And I mean, the game two started, Jake Arrieta, I'll just flip to game two now, is he was terrific, absolutely terrific. Through, uh, went 5.1 hitless, 
uh, kept his team right in. And, of course, they ended up coming away with a victory 5-1 to one in that game. And then, as I said, split the series one apiece with Game 3 later on today. Where will you be watching this game later? I'll be watching Game 3 at home just before we go on with that. So, sorry, I'm mistaken. Leicester is probably slated to start Game 5, which would be in Chicago, not Game 6, which would be in Cleveland. Interestingly enough, talking about Game 3, there have been 43 World Series that have been tied at one all since the two games at one venue, three games at another venue, two games at the first venue system was brought in. 30 of the 43 winners of Game 3 have gone on to win the World Series. Right. 30 of the 43, 43 have, who win Game 3. So we're looking at just under three quarters. Which is the one game, the which is all the game today. today, of course. That's Kyle Hendricks uh, will be going for the Cubs up against Josh Tomlin. Weather forecast for Chicago is particularly windy with the wind blowing out at Wrigley Field. What's the Field. nickname of that place? The Windy City. The Windy which City. Which has got nothing to do with the wind, interestingly enough, but... That's another story for another day. Really? Nothing at all to do with the wind. It, Give me a history lesson, Eddie. It was based Give me a history lesson, when, Eddie. When Chicago was originally founded and with U.S. elections, and this is appropriate with an election coming up, it was often a swing city. It'd go to one side, the next election would be the other side, back, forth, back, forth. Right, Nothing right. to do with the weather. Right, interesting. That's, more, en- that's enough for your The team. more you know, but <laughs> yes, game three today, I'll be watching at home. It's going to be a great clash. It's... Saw something on Twitter today that it still seems like a scene out of a movie to see the World Series logo at Wrigley Field. Yeah. Got to say I agree with that. Unbelievable. A good movie, but a movie nonetheless. And one, just an interesting side note that I found, the, the game one in Cleveland when Dexter Fowler stepped into the batter's box, he was the first African-American to ever represent the Chicago Cubs in a World Series. That is very interesting indeed, but also not surprising. Yeah, considering because it, it, it just put, years it ago. puts a really good time perspective on the fact that they last made a World Series 71 years ago. Yeah, and you know, this was it Abe Lincoln? Was he, he threw out the first pitch back when they played in the World Series? Yeah, long, long time it ago. It was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, look, we're going to, that's enough for um, MLB World Series right now. Of course, as I said, one game apiece. Got uh, game three later on today, but now this is, this is, for some reason, on my piece of paper, this one is really highlighted here. X now, I know you you get in early and you prep and all this sort of stuff, but something's you, you're like a bear with a thorn in his paw. Regards to the ABL has announced its uh, its streaming slash coverage of the ABL this particular year. The microphone's over to you. Before I get too deep into this, I will preface what I'm about to say with, I, like every other Australian baseball fan and person who has been involved with the league, wants nothing more than for the league to be successful. Yep. That is point number one. The biggest thing for the league is for the league to be a success. During the week, I received an email. I'm signed up to the ABL emails. It's a good way to keep in the loop with what's going on, announcing an expanded digital package. I thought, oh, this is great. This is going against everything I've heard this off-season about there was rumours they were only going to show one game a week. Yeah. It was the end of the world. The sky was falling in. Uh, big chicken little situation. But I open it. I'm reading through the email and I see one game a day. So that's one Thursday game, yep. one Friday game, one Saturday game, one Sunday game. A podcast and a magazine style show before the Sunday game, which is going to be billed as the game of the round. Yep. Now... I'm not a mathematical genius by any stretch, uh-huh. but when last year every game was being broadcast, yep. 
And this year we're going to four games a weekend being broadcast, Mm -hmm. a podcast and a magazine style show. I guess my first point of concern is I don't see how that's expanded. Um, just, just on, I, 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 absolutely, I intend to answer. My first thing is the magazine style show needs to go. That's so nineteen nineties. Those things are out of date and unnecessary. I tend to believe my my gut feel on the whole thing. The the setup that they they've put out right now should have been the setup at the start of the ABL some six years ago. I think I think we've jumped into a really deep pond by doing as much as we did over the first six seasons when realistically I think we should have started with what has been laid out now and that's it's only a minor coverage I understand that it's a it's the lesser of the coverages than what we're used to but we need to do it small and do it right Absolutely. I'm not going to argue with that. It needs to be done right. And and what we have done over the journey is as much as money will allow, but I don't necessarily think it was right. Now, I, I would rather us do it small and right for 10 years and then grow it and then expand it and develop it. But right now, the people that have done ABL up to this point and it's six odd years now and um, you know I'm, sh- I'm I'm laying my cards on the table I have done some of the calling in the ABL in the early days we're not good enough this is Australia wide so for those who think they are good enough we're not we need to get it right get it professional and and make it consistent consistently right so for mine the 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 scheduling that they have put out for this year, I think a game a week and a podcast is enough. The magazine-style show is passe. It's done. It's unnecessary. See, I agree with a lot of what you said, but I also have a few big issues with the way this whole situation has been handled. Go back to scheduling first. I think a 40-game season is great. It's easy to figure out. It's nice. It's even. What I don't like is I don't like, and I've heard this from multiple sources in multiple clubs, clubs weren't approached before the ABL announced this. There was no going to the clubs and going, how do you feel about this? That really bothers me because, yes, the ABL run the league. It is their decision on what they do. They they do have the final say. But if you've got six franchises who are so out of the loop with things... You are not providing them with the correct service. That for me is unacceptable. I hear the, I hear what you're saying there, but I'm 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 just wearing my ABL cap for this one. If I was ABL and I was to go to one of the state associations to ask their opinion, you know though their opinion they don't it's an inexperienced opinion. They don't quite know because this is all new ground. The reason that we've had all games covered in the past is purely because MLB supported the whole thing. Correct. And I think, and this is a big issue, you can't give someone something and then take it away. I agree with what you said. We should have been in this situation with our Game of the Week from Season 1. There are a few organisations in Season 1 who had online radio coverage. That was an absolute godsend because we couldn't see the games. We built up from there. But you cannot build up like the ABL have, and they've done a spectacular job. It's improved every year on the coverage 
and then pull the rug out from underneath. That, for me, is what's unacceptable. And look, you said it before, you've done some work in the ABL. As of I worked with the Aces for two seasons, all cards on the table, had the opportunity to call some games. Great experience, something that I'll cherish forever. But I also look at what the ABL have decided to do now, and I think it's insulting to the work that has been done by people before who have made those efforts to push the league forward. I, I yeah, look, I, I'm just gonna pull you up just on the language. I, I don't, I don't see it as an insult. Personally, I don't see it as an insult. I, I really firmly believe that what we were putting out there was too much for what we were capable of, and and you know a lot of these states. It, it, the way I look at it for the future, if we have to rely on getting interns from the US who will come over by the plane load, if an advert goes up on social media or anywhere, they will come over by the plane load. What we are doing is nothing for the local product, nothing for the local people to help grow this product. And as long as interns come out to do a lot of these media positions and or the calling, I'm not sure it actually helps advance uh, our, our um, experience here. It doesn't. And I can speak from personal experience on this one. When I was joining the Aces, it was prompted as being a big eye. You know, it'll open up all these doors for you in the industry. You'll have all these great experiences. You'll have the opportunity for some travel, all that sort of stuff. All wonderful. Ticks in every box as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's on but, an inv- but, invisible piece of paper, mate. But did it all eventuate? No. Is that the fault of the ABL? No. There are other things at play there. That's life. I understand that. But the priority should be getting Australians who want to work in the sports industry and understand the Australian sporting landscape in control of these things. There have been some fantastic interns in the ABL who have done an absolutely wonderful job. But that does not cover actually helping build the game in Australia, getting Australians involved in the game, getting Australians in the industry. All we're doing is sending the experience out of our own country. The last thing I want to touch on with this is if you're sitting at home, you might live somewhere where there's no ABL franchise. So your only access to ABL is watching games on the stream. Yep. And if that access is lessened, then you are going to feel like you are not as involved in the league. Right. That, for me, is a concern. Also, new fans. ABL average attendance, I'd say about 1,200 last year, if I had to guess. Really? Uh, maybe, really? I'm an op- maybe I'm an optimist. Have that. But, okay, we'll go to the middle and we'll call it 900. ABL average attendance last year, 900. My concern is, how are we getting extra feet through the gates? I know people, and this is firsthand, who have watched games on the stream because they thought, oh, I've seen something pop up on social media. I'll check it out. After watching a game on the stream, they have then gone to games. They have become fully paid up members. Yep. They buy the concessions. They buy the merch. They give money to the ABL after witnessing it on the stream first. Make no mistakes about this. The ABL want people through the gates. I think that's the biggest reason they've done what they've done is they think that by cutting off people's access at home, they get people through the gates. That will not work that way. I hear what you're saying. Look, we've got to change um, 
change topics in just a moment. My last point on all of this is one of the biggest problems we have, and I'm just checking the time here. In about two hours' time, I'm going to be sitting on a big fat leather lounge chair with a nice hot cup of coffee and a jaffle, and I'm going to be watching the best on the planet with a uh, probably a 20 camera coverage, the best commentators on the planet, and watching Kyle Schwarber and and uh, Corey Kluber and these guys going around. It's so easily easy for us now to just turn on the TV and watch the best on the planet go at it. Um, and then you to try and convert these people to then come to, uh, in this case, out to. Laverton North, I believe, is the location to watch games out there. Uh, I'm not sure the products compare, and I think some people go away disillusioned and and don't become repeat customers. But look, that's all we got for that part of the big news overnight. Of course, Australia's U23 tournament got underway with uh, their first game, first game of the tournament actually, up against Austria. Austria debuting at the U23s, uh, representing for the first time. And, of course, Australia won game one. Terrific performance. Nick Hutchins threw uh, six innings in that one. Six six digs, six, uh, three Ks, two walks. Just gave up the one earned run. I believe it was a home run. Got Austria, Austria on the board. Won nothing early in the game. Threw 75 pitches, 44 strikes, 31 balls. Terrific start for Australia in uh, you would have got up 2 a.m. Uh, X to watch that one, wouldn't you? How's your Spanish go? Oh, uh, look, my Spanish is all right. Not so much watching an entire baseball game, but my Spanish is all right. Oh, yeah, right. Um, yeah, beat, beat Austria 8-1. to one. Zach Shepard went 3-4, for four, drove in three runs. Connor McDonald, 2-4, for four, drove in three. Ben Leslie, uh, former San Francisco Giant, he's uh, in this U23 team. He went 2-3. for three. Also, that was the offensive side of things for Australia's first up performance there. You need to finish top three in the group stage to move on to the Super Round. Uh, Nicaragua next. Uh, that was, as I said, Austria game one. Nicaragua next. Then Chinese Taipei, uh, Argentina, Japan and Japan is, is their final game in the group stage. But uh, Nicaragua tomorrow, I believe it's uh, about a 4 a.m. start for those keen to get up on the stream. You can catch Tyler Morn doing the commentary. I'm not sure which games he's actually doing, but uh, Australia-Austria in the first one was um, wonderful in Spanish, and I learned a lot. Very good. But, look, that's all we got for in the baseball side of things for today. Uh, make sure you get into the World Series to say game of peace. Yes, X, you got got one, an issue? What one, do you No, got, no, mate? one last one before we go. This time next week, we are doing our last show for the year, and we will be discussing a World Series champion. Who are we going to be talking about? I can tell you right now, it'll be the Chicago Cubs. Absolutely. I'm wondering. I, all I want to see, all I want to see is, I think Chicago will win this World Series. I think they, they, that was really important win that game one that they. Winning one away from home in Cleveland, yes. I think, is absolutely super important. They've got a chance now to take the tournament home. The next three today, tomorrow, and Monday will be in Chicago. And uh, one way or another, one of these cities is going to turn cars over. 
And uh, I'm not sure there'll be riots and, and fires and things, but they'll turn a car over. I guarantee I'll see on the news somewhere where a car will get tipped over. Absolute madness, I think, Fredda. Absolute madness. But uh, spot on. Look, next show, as you say, will be the last for the this um, 2016 Major League season, World Series underway. Uh, we're about to head off and go and watch the games ourselves. But thanks for coming on today, X. Appreciate no dramas. It. And a thanks to Alex Cohen for the quick chat today. He had some other things he had to get to, so we had to cut that one short. But appreciate you listening to the show. And make sure you tune in next week for the last one for the year. Uh, my name's Craig Koenig, and this is SEN Baseball. Thanks for listening to the SEN MLB podcast. For more SEN America podcasts, head to sen.com.au. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America. Whether you've overdone it at the gym, at the dinner table, or on the couch, AHM Health Insurance have a cover for you. Join direct at ahm.com.au.